Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. You guys went so ham for that Love is Blind episode last week. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, And I hope I bring it to you every ball, you know? I hope I can. Um, New listeners, stick around if you guys like 90 Day Fiance, Married at First Sight, Love After Lockup, any sort of messy thing a true crime i'm all about it so hang on for the ride it's a bumpy one but it's fun um what are we celebrating this week it is women's month and so this week this week this month i'm vowing to have all women guests on the show Last week, we had the incredible Liz Bentley from Feathers in My Hair. This week, I'm having Rachel Fisher to talk about the reunion of Love is Blind. Uh, she hosts Hollywood Crime Scene, which is a great true crime podcast focused on um, California-based or L.A.-based crimes. And she also hosts 90 Day Fiancé Slumber Party, which is a great podcast all about 90 Day Fiancé. Um, next week I'm having a surprise one. I'm very excited about that. Um, and, but if you guys have suggestions for the rest of the month, please let me know. Hit me up. Anybody that you think like you would want to hear me talk to, holler at your girl. Um, uh, let's see. What else do we get into? Oh, very big news. Lindsay Lohan. (laughs) has made the career choice that we've all been waiting for. She has announced that she is now on Cameo 
for a limited time. So if you guys have anybody that you would like to send a special Lindsay Lohan cameo to, I would suggest that I think that you would have to have expendable cash because she is $250. But truly, $250, given all that Lindsay Lohan has given us over the years from um, calling Paris Hilton a cunt, uh, from uh, the time that she was blonde, her relationship with uh, Samantha Ronson, which honestly I think was the best time in all of our lives, and things have never been the same since then, um, from, you know, Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club, from the Daughter to Father Confessions of a Broken Heart single, which is a great um, song. It's a part of my life story for reasons that I don't care to get into at this point, not because of my father. It's actually a very happy memory. Um, but I think 250 is actually not bad for Lindsay. And I suggest that everybody, if you can do it, if you want me to have one, I would be very grateful. Um, let's see. What else do we have on the docket? Lori Vallow is in jail and I'm loving it. Um, I don't think a whole lot has gone on. Oh my gosh, I forgot that I totally did not, um, update you guys on Lori Vallow last week because I scrapped that episode, (laughs) but okay. So this bitch was in jail and well, she's still in jail. She has been acting a fool. Um, she, okay. So let's see. The FBI has released a new video of uh, Ty Lee that was taken. This was like the the day that she was last seen. That was the picture that was taken. Does that make sense? No. <laughs> they have a picture from the last day that Ty Lee Ryan has been seen. Uh, it was taken six months ago. And she's holding her brother, J.J. Vallow, um, they're at Yellowstone National Park, and there was also a picture of Lori with JJ at the park, um, on September 8th. JJ has been missing since the 23rd of September, but Tylee has not been seen since September 8th. So, let, uh, let's go on with what else has been going on she has been acting a fool her courtroom behavior is was bizarre um she wore red lipstick at her court appearance on friday she was smiling Uh, nancy grace was horrified um she's like you can literally see pictures like she's smiling ear to ear her hair is in a crimp slash curl situation uh yeah so this is very, very strange. Um, her bail has actually been reduced. Um, so let's see what happened. So her bail was at $5 million, but it is down to $1 million. Um, and her lawyers are working on with a bail bond company to secure her release. Um, they still don't know where the children are, but here's what they're trying to, uh, basically, a bail bond agent who's not involved with the arrangement basically broke down what it would take for her to get out on that $100,000 bond. So they said it would be a uh, million dollars in home equity and $80,000 cash, which would be non-refundable. Um, so basically, like, they're worried that people are scrambling to 
you know, reach out to the family for financial support in this way. But I don't know if anybody's really going to do it. Like, uh, you know, <laughs> doesn't seem like a great. So she is, um, she is now back in Idaho. She's no longer in Hawaii. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to be keeping up with, with what is going on with her, but it sounds like more mess. And I hope we get justice for Tylee and JJ because this is a very sad situation. On a lighter note, um, my, this week I am doing recaps of Married at First Sight. And like I said, I recapped the Love is Blind, uh, reunion with Rachel Fisher. So that'll be on after the Married at First Sight recap. So let's get it started, y'all. Here we go. Wow, you guys, no holding back on this episode of Married at First Sight. It was all or nothing. Haha. <laughs> get it? Um, wow. This episode was, well, I mean, the it really, the episodes are really hit or miss for me, um, in terms of, like, consistently being good or not, but I think that this season has been one of the better seasons that I've watched in Married at First Sight history, so, whew, I'm, I'm already excited. So, the point of this episode is to be building uh, trust and intimacy. The couples have now been married a little bit over three weeks, and I think there's just over a month left in the experiment. Um, Mindy and Zach, we left off with them last episode. They He came over to their apartment just to hang out. They played card games. They put on face masks. They were giggling, laughing, having a great time. Mindy, again, got her hopes up and was feeling hopeful that uh, Zach would stay the night at the home that they're supposed to be sharing because they're married, but of course not. He went home. I'm sure his dog was off drowning in the river like he did last time he ran away from her. Um, Then we get to Derek and Katie, and Katie says that ever since Katie left her guard down about Derek's possible will-he-won't-he-fall-in-love-with-her storyline, the things have been going a little bit easier for them, and that they're sharing uh, responsibilities around the house, but... Uh, neither of them are great cooks, so she plans a, like, a date night, a group date night with all the other couples to this, like, cooking class. Then we get to Mika and Michael. Gloom and doom begins once again. Um, they had a nice time getting pedicures the episode before, Mika tells us, but afterwards things really took a turn for worse, the worse. Michael told her... Mika, that he wasn't getting what he needed from her, and when she asked him to elaborate on what that meant, he got frustrated and basically shut down. Mika says that she's exhausted, but she's hoping to clear the air with him. Um, They're, like, hanging out with each other, and she's like, well, do you want to go to cooking class? And he's totally shut down. Um, They're sitting at the kitchen table together, but he's just, like, not really paying attention to her at all. And it's like, yeah, I'll go. Um, things are obviously very weird between them, as they basically have been the entire time. She asks again, like, what is it that you would need for me to, like, make things better? And he says that he wants her to be more vulnerable. And I'm feeling very much like Amika in this situation. Like, I fully agree with her every single time. Um, she says that... She gets a little bit frustrated and because she's like, you say that you want me to be vulnerable, but like, you're not really being specific about what you want. And then you're like, all like 
gloomy and, uh, you know, moody. And I don't really know how to deal with that. And Michael says that, like, her, what Mika's idea of vulnerable is doesn't work for him. And that even though, uh, you know, she tries to con- encourage him to say, like, what he needs, Michael says that he doesn't think that Mika's capable and that he's not going to be wasting his breath. <sighs> okay. Uh, Mika feels like she's not being given a chance, and I agree. And Michael responds by, like, walking out and leaving the apartment. Okay. Drama. Mika's sitting on the couch and she's pissed, but Michael actually comes back and says, like, I just needed a little bit of a break from this, yada, yada, yada. They get into this stupid little tiff about whether or not she claps when she argues. And she says that she's very much, like, more, um, you know, like, Italian, very expressive with her hands. And he was like, no, you clap. And it's literally just, like, the dumbest fight of, like, whether or not she claps when she talks to him. He cannot take, like, any sort of... I'm not even going to call it aggression. Like, any sort of strength on her end, like, he finds totally... Like, he just, like, can't deal with it. And, like, she's just too impossible. Like, whatever. Grow a nut, dude. Um, So, basically... Mika points out that, like, Michael walks out a lot when he doesn't like what he hears. And... She told him in the beginning, like, I don't like when people shut down. It's difficult for me, and I don't like when people walk out. And she was like, you know, every time, or a lot of the times when we get into arguments, you just leave. I don't know when you're going to come back. And I told you that this was something that I don't enjoy in my relationships. And so, like, I would really need you to be more open and more communicative. Um, They basically say, they decide to table the argument for the sake of going to the cooking class and being, uh, oh, sorry, you guys, I'm watching this dog take an apple. If you get down, excuse me. Thank you. <laughs> She's trying to steal my apple off of the counter. Um, <laughs> so basically they agree that, um, they're going to, I'm going to get coronavirus. I got to wash that apple again. Girl, everybody say hi to Lily. You're naughty girl. Anyway, so they decide to table the conversation for the sake of going to the cooking class and, like, having everything be okay. Now we're at the class and, uh, sorry again. (laughs) Now they're at the class. Mindy is picking up on the fact that Micah and Miko, I always do this, Mika and Michael aren't really warm with each other. And it's like, yeah, well, if anybody would know about there being a lack of warmth in their relationship, it's Mindy. And maybe you should be concerned. Um, they make the food, they have the meal, they all sit down together and have a meal, and, uh, during the meal, Mindy asks how living together is going with everybody, (laughs) something that she wouldn't know about, because Zach hates her. Um, Derek says that they're, he and Katie are trying to embrace the growing pains. Uh, Jessica asks Zach if he plans on moving into the apartment, and... Cue to the Krispy Kreme hot fresh now sign because Michael starts, or excuse me, Zach starts like going back into a circular talk about like, oh, um, uh, like he doesn't know and they are where they are and things like, or it just is what it is. And, and, um, now she's sitting on my jacket. Okay. We're just going to let that go. <laughs> um, so basically Mindy says like, They ask Mindy how she feels, and she says that it's 
hard because they're not doing the experiment as it's intended, but she's like really still trying to be open. Jessica says that Zach really acts happy, but she can tell that he isn't committed as everybody else is. And she feels bad for Mindy because of that. Um, Derek, Brandon and Taylor are not there. Derek asks about Brandon and Taylor. And we know that like Micah and me every time Mika and Michael had a conversation with them one-on-one and um, Mika like tells them about the video that Taylor posted about like what she needs in a man. Michael uh, basically is like, uh, you know, I don't think this is anybody's business, which it's like, mm, yeah, it is because you're on a show and you're being paid to be on the show. So it is everybody's business. What you guys talk about. <laughs> so um, anyway, Katie thinks that there's more to the story about why um, Taylor reacted the way she did. And I agree with that. Um, but I also agree with this. And everybody says that it really wasn't a good move for Taylor. Um, Jessica and Austin say that things are really great for them, but they almost feel kind of guilty about telling that to everybody because, um, you know, things are not going well by far with everybody else. Um, then we get to, uh, basically, Dr. Paper, Dr. Pepper comes and meets with all the couples this week. Um, so she starts off with Brandon and Taylor. Taylor's weave. Everybody clap. Seems to have been freshened up. So let's celebrate that. I'm sure her neck is thrilled to have the weight of all that new hair more evenly distributed on her scalp. <laughs> like, she's got so much hair, girl. Like, tame it down. Um, Taylor, sorry, her hair is so distracting. It's not the point, but it's very distracting. Dr. Pepper gets all Deborah Cox on them. Like, how did we get here? Nobody's supposed to be here. Taylor's is a Brandon can start. And Brandon's like, well, I'm only here to hear Taylor's explanation for why she did what she did. I just want to know why she behaved her way. Um, Dr. Pepper says that he needs to explain his behavior too. Thank you. And, but Brandon's like, well, I still want Taylor to go first. So they're just doing this back and forth game. They have not seen each other since he left the apartment with his stupid little backpack. And Taylor says that she's confused about what she did to him. Now, this is where I'm like, okay, girl, like, it's one thing to say, like, Brandon hurt me and... I didn't like the way he acted. So like, I just didn't feel like I was in a relationship. Like if you're going to be petty, be petty, be like a real petty Betty, you know? So then it it just gets very weird. Um, She says her other excuse for like why this isn't a big deal is because she, Brandon didn't follow her on social media and none of his people, his family or friends follow her either. So she didn't think that he was going to see it, which I think is BS. Um, So then Dr. Pepper asked Brandon how he felt about the video and Brandon points to Taylor And he noted that the video was actually recorded outside of their apartment. And he said that he was like sitting in the apartment waiting for her to come home at the time, which I think is a little bit shady. Um, And Pepper says, you know, she would think the video was about her if that was her partner doing, you know, saying what they said about, you know, what Taylor said about Brandon. She's like, you know, I would think that that was very pointed too. Um, 
And finally, Taylor admits, it's like, you know, I can only take so much. And since Panama, she's been feeling some type of way about Brandon. Um, Dr. Pepper says that she's not unsympathetic to their feelings, but she wonders what they can do to understand each other better. Brandon's like, (sighs) here's what I think happened is that Brandon has not been wanting to be in this relationship since Panama for whatever reason. He acted like a total donkey and whatever. I don't think he's really been interested in Taylor since then because Brandon doesn't like to be held to the fire or held to task for his behavior. That being said, Taylor should not have made that video because what really happened is that she gave... he. She created the rope to hang herself in this relationship. She created a situation now where Brandon could say, oh, she's finally done something. She's hurt my feelings. I can't deal with this. Blah, blah, blah. This is exactly what's happening. Like, he just found a perfect out to this relationship and she gave it to him. Um, Brandon's like, well, I think this video is really bizarre and I don't, I don't, you know, if she can do this and I don't really understand, I don't know what she's capable of doing. Um, and he said that the video was about as bad as it could get just short of cheating, which is like, okay. He's like, well, you know, and I don't even know if she's done that or not. And Taylor's like, and, and Dr. Pepper both like, well, why would you even bring that up? Like, you don't know if she's cheated on you. Like, it's not even worth like suggesting that she might or that that's something that she would do um and they both brandon and taylor start getting into it and brandon says that he thinks that the show is basically just a stepping stone to get taylor on tv and to get her more popping on social media and pepper's like well she just starts encouraging them to move on and like i'm starting to feel crazy here like Taylor says that she isn't apologetic and that she isn't sure if she's sorry, which is fair. And Brandon says, you know, I'm done with you. Nobody would ever watch that video and think that it wasn't disgusting. (laughs) Just like, calm down, Kourtney Kardashian. Not everything is disgusting because you don't like it. Um, Taylor said that she's been open, you know, and has never left the situation that she's always been committed to trying to make this work. And Brandon suggests that like random guys have been calling her late at night at three in the morning. And Taylor's like, what are you talking about? That's like a total lie. Dr. Pepper decides to go for the guilt route and say that like, there are so many people who would have wanted to be in your position. Like, and you guys are just like throwing this away. Like, you know, it would be a shame for you guys to give up on this. And I just think that's like a really like manipulative, that's not a reason to be married to somebody. Like they clearly don't like each other on like a base level. It's not even like you hurt me and I hurt you hurt me because I let you in or, you know, like they just don't fuck with each other and that's fine. And so like, we don't need to be like, trying to guilt them into saying like oh there's so many people who would wanted your opportunity like well that's not what happened sorry <laughs> um so brandon wants he gets up and wants to have you know he makes production take his mic off and taylor says that she wanted to try but the brandon is just so disrespectful um then we get to mindy and zach and dr pepper comes over to mindy's apartment that she's supposed to share with zach but can't because he won't move in um mindy's nervous she's like well we haven't done a good job and and zach starts to laugh and honestly like that's 
probably the one very few true moments of like them actually enjoying themselves that has been recorded. <laughs> I've heard us being like, yeah, well, we're not doing so well. So I'm not really sure what we're getting ourselves into. Um, but I noticed that Mindy was not wearing her wedding ring, which made me feel very good. Uh, Dr. Pepper says that she's nervous and I'm not sure why, because she thinks it's important that they live together and she's worried that Zach isn't, you know, like why Zach isn't moving in. Then they flash back to Dr. Pepper asking him like prior to the wedding, like as they were getting into the nitty gritty of casting, we see an interview that Dr. Pepper did with Zach asking him basically how he would handle, excuse me, how he would handle this exact situation of not being attracted to the one person that he walks, that walks down the aisle toward him. And so we see Zach saying that like he was going to trust the process and trust that he had been matched with this person for a reason and still really try. So Dr. Pepper asks them like what their status is. And Mindy says that she feels like a broken record when she says that she's disappointed about all of this and that she's not getting the marriage experience. Um, Mindy says that she doesn't think Zach wants to be in the marriage at all. And that sometimes she feels stupid for putting in the effort, which are all completely understandable feelings. Now, I asked a couple episodes ago how it's possible that they, the experts didn't see this coming with Zach in terms of like him being a complete shallow douchebag who like wouldn't be attracted to his partner. But turns out that they did anticipate this because Dr. Pepper admits that she was always worried that Zach would do this and that he's failing to keep up with the promises that he made to her. And then Zach goes, um, okay, well, so if I move in, will that be an avenue to attraction? Like, no, stupid. It's an avenue to you making an effort with the woman that you married. Like, and if you're asking that, then you must really not think, like, she's not ugly, you guys. She's a perfectly good looking woman. She's not his type, but he truly acts like he got married to, you know, Fiona from Shrek. It, it's very strange. Um, he said, he's like, well, so when's it like, well, it's, you know, this was about, be about you making, you know, you moving in would be about you making an effort. And he was like, so I would say I'm aware of that, but, uh, you know, I think that living together would be a little bit more obvious to getting to know her. Like, does this bitch think that he's in a Rod Foss poem? Like, if he takes the unbeaten path, if he takes the road less, less traveled, that, like, they're going to end up in this happy marriage? Like, no, you have to put the work in, idiot. Dr. Pepper says that she's never seen a spouse on the show act like Zach has, and that he has no respect for Mindy's feelings. And I do agree, because, like, even that weirdo Luke that weird speed dating guy from a couple seasons ago who like acted like he could not be less attracted to Kate. Even he and Kate had sex. Zach won't even touch Mindy. So that's, you know, and, and Luke used to frequently call Kate an alcoholic, even though she very clearly wasn't, even he had enough willpower to have sex with her. Should he have? No, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, Zach says that he'll strongly consider it. And Dr. Pepper says like, basically, if you're not going to do this, then you should leave the relationship. And thank God, like, 
because they keep trying to force like you guys should really work this out and blah 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 excuse me so I'm glad that Dr. Pepper was finally like you know if you're not going to do this and like stop wasting this chick's time um and then she gives them the task to do they all get these like physical activities to do later in the episode and we find out that her task for them was for them to do like a tantric breathing session you know the last thing that I would want to do to somebody I'm not attracted to like sit in a very close space with them and like smell be surrounded in a cloud of their breath (laughs) like (laughs) I don't even want to do that with somebody I really like you know we get to Jessica and Austin, and you guys, a lot of unexpected drama has descended upon the Napoleon Dynamite Deb household. Austin walks out of the bedroom into the kitchen to discover that Jessica is going to try a new cookie recipe. Are you so excited? Jessica is. She is saying that she thinks that this is a big deal for them. Like, she is just so excited to not be alone. To not be alone, this poor girl. She's like, everything I do is alone. So it's just like so nice to have him help me. And Austin says like, oh, she's always, you know, I I know that baking is an extension of her being a giver and wanting to do nice things for people. So I wanted to help her bake so that she would know that she wasn't alone and that she is like a partner. I'm like, oh God, you guys, just cookies. Uh it could have been a cuter moment if they hadn't made it so serious. <laughs> but Jessica to say that she's like really glad that they made their friendship a priority and that, that has really made the process very like fun and easy for them, which is great. Um, then we get back to Mika and Michael. Wow. <laughs> like I was physically uncomfortable watching this scene. So we get Mika sitting down in a restaurant, in a Korean barbecue restaurant in the middle of the day, and we get the story from Mika. Apparently, Michael invited her, so Mika's been telling her and everybody throughout the process, the experts, her, everyone, that he is a yoga instructor, that he's super into yoga, and like that, and then he teaches. <clears throat> So Michael invited her to the yoga studio that he told her that he teaches at the night before. But when she got there and she mentioned the fact that he was a teacher, that everybody looked at her crazy when she brought it up. And they were like, oh, well, Michael's only basically employed here as like the custodian. Like he cleans up the studios a few times a week. Skirt! Like that is a very different story, young man. She wants answers and invites him to the Korean barbecue place. And he starts with, you know, as you know, last night didn't go very well, uh, you think? <laughs> and it's like, you know, we didn't even take the class. Um, so we find out that they couldn't take the class because he didn't sign up for it. He didn't pay for it. Oh, my God. Amika says that she she wanted not answers like he basically didn't say anything like after the fact she's like well what's going on and then he totally shut down um this is really weird you guys so he is like housing like they ordered a meal he is housing whatever food he got he is putting the shrimp tempura in his mouth uh, <laughs> i could not believe like Fried rice is like housing his food like he's never eaten before. 
without a care in the world. Like, do you know how sick I would feel if somebody had caught me in such a blatant lie and confronted me on television about that? Like, I wouldn't even be thinking about food, but this man is like, he just came back from a race. She said that she reached out to Taylor to talk about it because he wouldn't respond and then he gets all upset. Then he gets uh, all sarcastic like, well, you started off by insulting me and saying this is like a waste of time. So like, that's a really good starting point for any conversation. What planet am I on? Like, the, that's Mika saying that her time was wasted was the most reasonable thing for her to say because... You wasted her time. You made her go to an event that was basically non-existent. That is a textbook example of wasting somebody's time. Like, what is he talking about? Mika goes off and says, like, you know, you're just the cleaner there. I'm fine. I'm getting there. I spend my time to go all the way over there. I'm finding out that you're just the cleaner, that the class you wanted to schedule like wasn't even paid for um you had no actual plans in place and that you lied like I just can't imagine what a weird awkward situation he just put me in by being like show up to this place for what like he didn't even have the class paid for um it's very very weird he turns it around into somehow, like, now Mika's created this negative environment. Like, whew, I am Mika, and Mika is me. I, it's so wild. Um, then Michael pivots and says, like, oh, Mika always has to tell our business, and they're not a team, and this is, like, this is, like, the problem for him, that, like, he can't be with her because... Sir, like, he he says that he's putting himself through the ringer, that, like, he's always very expressive of himself and his feelings and that, and that she can't be vulnerable with him. This is so freaking creepy and weird. Like, I just cannot believe that he is acting like this. Uh, he says he's over her whatever. We get to Taylor. I guess we're wrapping up the story with Brandon and Taylor, hopefully. So Taylor meets up with her friends, Shannon and Tochi, and she tells them what happened with Brandon. They were at the, um, the get together friends and family housewarming party. So they're confused because last they saw Brandon, like at the housewarming, they were under the impression that he was like really changing things for the better. Um, Taylor says that she feels very attacked by Brandon and she brings up the video, um, which of course they must have seen. And Taylor and I agree that he doesn't really care about the video. He just wanted off the show because he didn't like the way production was going. He just like couldn't handle the stresses of being on the show. I fully agree with her. And she says that Somehow, she still has feelings for Brandon and wants to have a conversation with him. Now, here's what I'm thinking. I think that they both, underneath it all, felt like they were would benefit from being on TV. I thought Brandon thought that he could come on and be Mr. Charming and 
and you know everybody would love him and that he'd be this like handsome whatever good guy and that people would like him and I think you know he Taylor probably did have desires or whatever to be you know more visible in whatever capacity I think they both thought that they would benefit from this and but I think that Brandon it seems like Taylor is more committed to the process than Brandon is like and I think that Taylor gave him exactly what he wanted he she gave him the golden goose egg by recording that video for him to be like oh, look, she's terrible and I want out of this. Like, she gave him everything that he could have possibly wanted. And she shouldn't have done that. It was a bad tactic, my girl. Um, Then we get back to Derek and Katie. He had planned a romantic wine and, like, painting night for her that he wanted them both to paint a picture of her dog, Jax. Um, Katie says that she's feeling good, that he's making the effort and... Then he makes his very classic romantic craft mac and cheese in those gigantic bowls. Um, they agree that Derek has been a little bit complacent. And she says, you know, like, I just want to feel like you're trying a little bit more. Um, she's like, you know, I I slept with you the third night in, but, like, don't get it twisted. Like, you still have to work for this. Like, don't be lazy. <clears throat> and he tells her that he's committed to making her fall in love with him, which was... <laughs> nice I guess back to Mika and Michael they have their meeting with Dr. Pepper and she's walking into this situation a lot more hopeful than I would be it almost seems like she doesn't know what's going on with them um, like as much as she did with Brandon and Taylor uh, Mika says uh, basically she goes straight in she's like I think that Michael lies a lot and I'm not comfortable um, and she claims that he's lied about how many miles he's had on his car, trips that he's gone on, being a yoga teacher. And we actually get um, uh, footage of him telling both Pastor Cal and Dr. Pepper two different things. He told Pastor Cal back in a flashback that he teaches yoga three days a week. But then he told Dr. Pepper that he practices a few days a week and teaches about once a month. He explains, she's like, well, what is the truth? And Michael says, like, he doesn't have a permanent class. He's like, I don't have a permanent class. Let's get that straight. Okay, not a teacher. Um, That once we started filming the show, I became a sub. So I just fill in as needed, which, again, is not a teacher. And then he goes on to say that there's a lot of turnover and management with the yoga studios that the person that Mika spoke to didn't know who he was. But she knew that you cleaned there, so pfft. yeah, <laughs> she knew that. But suddenly she didn't know him. Okay, um, then he says like we were supposed to film a conversation after the fact, talking about what happened at the yoga. But Mika said the f word, so he didn't want to do it, pfft, sir. Okay, he goes on again about how um, Mika talks to other people. <sighs> in their relationship and whatever me dr pepper is treating him with complete kids gloves and is like well would you agree that maybe you've not been truthful about some things and he was like yeah and again he's like drinking some like palm wonderful drink like he's never had anything to drink before in his life um 
And then he's like, yeah, I, w- I would agree to, you know, that I haven't been honest about some things. But basically, because trust was broke- broken early on, he doesn't feel the desire to be vulnerable with her and that he was adopted and that he's afraid of being hurt. I don't want to, like, belittle or bemoan or, you know, whatever anybody's journey with, you know, if you've been adopted, if you've been in the foster care system, whatever. I It definitely can give you cigars and I'm not going to take away from that. But I just feel like you being adopted by a close family member is not an excuse to lie about whatever you feel like and then tell people that you can't be vulnerable and expect them to be so open and honest and vulnerable with you. Like that's not how it works. Um, Dr. Pepper says that, like, this is a reasonable thing and that she understands both of their sides, question mark, question mark, um, and that they need to give room for mistakes and, the, and things that aren't quite right. What? This is very strange. She makes them look at each other and make promises to each other. And this is wild because they're acting like Michael's not a habitual liar. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I just can't believe what I'm watching. Michael basically blames Mika and says that, like, he doesn't feel like Mika accepts who he is, so he just lies. I hate this, and I want to go home. Ugh. All right, let's get to wrapping this up. Brandon meets up with his friend, Anthony. And he tells Anthony that he and Taylor have not communicated and he has no desire to move back in. He thinks that Taylor was a phony, and after their mediation, she sent him. And he does hold up his phone and scroll and scroll and scroll what seemed like a novel-length text. Um, that he basically just says was Taylor insulting him, but that she also texted him to meet up, and he's not sure that he wants to do that. So that's really the end of Brandon and Taylor for the week. Uh, then we get to the intimacy exercises, I guess. Um, Dr. Viviana tells us that the experts gave all the couples these exercises to increase their intimacy. They all get different ones. So Jessica and Austin get this like wheel of activities like lap dance, make up for 30 seconds, do body shots. He gives her a lap dance and mm, okay. It's about as sexy as you can expect a guy in light pink cargo shorts to be uh, sexy. And she takes a body shot, but I thought, like, body shots, like... And she's, like, a nurse or something, so maybe she should have known that... I thought body shots were, like, you put a shot on top of somebody's body and you take it off. But she just put, like, warm bourbon in his belly button and, like, sucked it out. (laughs) I mean, you're the one, that's your husband, girl. Do what you want. I would not like to see that. Um, Then we get Mika and Michael, who, did I say that right? I did. Okay, Mika and Michael, who did a blind trust activity, which basically just interrogate your partner while you put a sleep mask on. Um, So Michael gets the mask on first, and... She asked him a couple questions like, what is it that you do? And then he says that he is like a director and that he is like in charge of like the before and after school activities, which to me just sounds like, he says that he, before and after school activities for special needs kids, which just basically sounds like, 
I don't know how you go from a principal position to that, because that doesn't seem like something that, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't want to be insulting, but it just doesn't seem like, it seems like the qualification levels for that are, like, very different. Like, after school program to principal, I, maybe he's doing something I'm, I'm not aware of, but it just sounds like he teaches after school. I mean, he's like a glorified babysitter. I don't know. Um, then, I don't know. He says that he understands why Mika doesn't trust him. And that he, even though he said he wanted a divorce a couple days ago, that he doesn't actually. So that warms your heart. And then Mika puts the mask on and he asks, like, if your family changes their opinion about me would you stay in the marriage and Mika basically says like she you know she trusts their opinion but she is just gonna do what's best for her regardless and that she thinks that her family would trust her decisions anyway um then she then Michael asks if he Mika thinks that she'll ever fall in love with him and she says that it would take a lot to get done given you know a lot would have to be done given their past, but, you know, that's up in the air. And that was the end of them. Mindy and Zach do this, like, tantric touch thing, which basically meant that she sits in his lap while they, like, you know, put little fingers on each other. You remember that thing where you used to do, like, crack an egg on your hack and, like, spiders crawling up your back? It was like that. It was a lot of spiders crawling up, up your back. <laughs> um... They seem to be a little bit more hopeful, but I don't know. I don't know. Derek and Katie do this intimacy Jenga, and Derek seems like he's never played Jenga before. Like, she has to explain to him what it is. Um, But basically, like, on every Jenga stick, I don't know what you call those things, but um, on every Jenga piece, it has, like, a, a question or, like, a thing about intimacy um so it was just they get the most screen time and it's pretty embarrassing um and I couldn't tell if Katie was like really embarrassed about having to talk about this on television or if she was like actually kind of turned on because she seemed kind of into it but basically she just reiterates the fact that she needs a man to like be more uh dominant and like take her and pull my hair and grab me and he's like okay okay I can do that and and, um uh what did Derek say he didn't really say much he seems pretty happy Katie just needs to be manhandled more is basically all and like I relate you know um then he like picks her up caveman style and they go to bed they're very happy yada 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 um there looks like next week is really gonna heat up uh, it seems like there are lies, cheating, uh, rumors, uh, cursing people out, walking out. So I'm very excited for it. And if all goes well, I'm going to have a really good and fun, one of my favorite guests, um, on to talk about next week. So that's the end of this week's Married at First Sight, y'all. You guys... 
as you know, Love is Blind hit, swept the nation. It was the hit Netflix dating show. Um, I had a great conversation with Liz Bentley of Feathers in My Hair about it. And this week they had the reunion. It was available if you guys had not seen it yet. It's on Netflix and YouTube. With me to discuss it is the co-host of both Hollywood Crime Scene and 90 Day Fiance Slumber Party, one of my best internet friends, Rachel Fisher. Rachel, hi. Hi, Kara. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for doing this. I am so excited. I've been wanting to record with you for so long that I just like, I always want to find like the right fit for somebody. And this was like, perfect. I'm so glad that you brought this up that you wanted to record because I was like, oh, I need somebody to record this. I'm really excited because I'm a fan of your show. I listen every week. So yeah, (laughs) really excited to be here. (laughs) I'm going to start with a couple quick fire questions for you. Sure. Um, One of the things that we have in common is our love of the very infamous stars of my 600 pound life, the Asante brothers. Oh my. Um, If if you had to choose, which would you date, Steven or John Asante? Wait, Justin Asante? Oh, Justin. Yes. Yes. Not the father, Justin. And not the father. Okay. <laughs> Cause I was like, wait, maybe the father's the, the right option in this situation. <laughs> you know I what? He's not because all problems start with him. You know, you know what? That's a really good point. I, I have to go Justin, even though I'm pretty sure he's a men's rights activist probably, or like oh, run some kind of 4chan board. I don't know. <laughs> but in terms, so right. yeah, but in terms of like someone who's going to lash out at me, over literal spilled milk, I have to go with Justin because I don't, I think he has a slightly longer fuse than Steven. I think you're right. I think he can last like two hours in a car ride to Texas before he starts getting hangry. Yes. Whereas Steven, it's like 14 minutes and you're getting screams from the back of the van. Yeah. He needs, he needs his breakfast, his second breakfast. He's going (laughs) to spam a second breakfast out of you. Uh, speaking of second breakfast, um, one of the things that you always talk about on your show is um, the things that you and Desi go to eat in LA, which I actually genuinely find very fascinating because I wow. like, I think that's like one of the most more interesting things about LA to me as a cynical New Yorker is like, I like to know where you guys are eating. What, what's the move over there? Um, so the one thing that I didn't do when I was in LA was go to Danny Dreho's Donuts. And I know that you're a big fan huge fan. Um, which of the donuts do you recommend for a first timer? You know what? For I feel like I would get a plain glazed because I like to let the donut speak for itself. I think it's such a good donut. You got to just taste how good the donut. You don't even need all the other toppings. Like the the reality is they just make a good donut. Yeah. Okay. So I would recommend get a plain one but also get a crazy one. My personal favorite uh, right now is the cinnamon sugar raised donut that tastes like a churro. It's delicious. Yes. I'm very into churros these days. They're so good. <laughs> um, <laughs> great. Well, let's get started with the reunion. Um, we started with uh, Vanessa and obviously Nick Lachey. Um, Vanessa says that you can feel the energy in the room, which I thought was complete and utter bullshit. Total bullshit. Um, <laughs> she also says that it's like a family reunion that you didn't want to go to, which I actually truly believed. You know, I you guys mentioned it, you and Liz mentioned it, like who who decided that we needed Vanessa or Nick Lachey? 
I really want to know. I mean, we clearly saw way more of them in this reunion than we did the entire series of the show. And I just didn't find it necessary at all. They're like the least compelling celebrities I can think of off the top of my head. Yes. I, I mean, they literally could have just had questions in a fishbowl and had the, ho- the cast do it themselves. Like it wouldn't have taken anything away from me. And I will say that I will never complain about Sean Robinson again after watching <laughs> this reunion. <laughs> You're so right. I, I, I wish like, I feel so spoiled because I don't think you watch Housewives too much, but like we're so spoiled by having Andy Cohen host because he's like in it enough that he's like kind of, you know, he watches the shows and he's invested, but like he's still neutral, but like he gets the nuances of these women. Whereas like, you're right with 90 day fiance. I'm always like, I just want a better host. Like I want somebody who's going to get messy. Yeah. I want someone who's not going to say we're going to move on. Like Sean, that's Sean's. And I know it's like more the producers than Sean Robinson. Um, you know, she probably doesn't have like a a total say in this. Like she was just hired to do a job, but her signature line on the tell-alls is let's move on. (laughs) You're totally right. And it's kind of like, we're already exploiting these people. And it's like, when you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. Like just keep (laughs) going with the questions, you know, like why stop there? Why stop at the reunion? Just keep the train going. Right. Let's keep it going. I agree. And I feel like this was not this is not the right medium for Vanessa and Nick Lachey. Like this is just not their wheelhouse. They, they're clearly not even reality TV fans. Yeah. And it's like, just keep them in the pageant circuit. That's where I feel like they would thrive. Oh my God. You're so right. Absolutely. Like Like, Miss America, Miss Teen USA, whatever, like that's their wheelhouse. Whoever. Yeah. Yeah. That's really their wheelhouse. Um, so the show starts, they do this, like, totally stupid hand-raising game of, like, who's still in a relationship? Who's still in a relationship with the person on the show? Did you get confused in part? I'm sorry, but I was, like, trying to follow along, and I was like, wait, what? Because, like, some of the, one of the questions, like, they were like, who's still in a relationship? Who's, who's married? But, like, different people raised their hands? I don't know. (laughs) It was really confusing. Like, who's still in a relationship with somebody who's 10 years younger than them? And then if you had a kid who was six and they were 30 and you were 40, like, would that be okay? (laughs) Wait, it was so stupid. But basically we find out that, like, Amber and Barnett and Cameron and Lauren are the married ones. Yes. Um, Giannina and Damien are still dating each other. And basically everybody else is single. Jessica lives in LA now and uh, Kenny is seeing somebody, but not Kelly. And you know that, I mean, we saw Kelly's tears, but I feel like Kelly is like really kicking herself right now that she let Kenny go. Oh girl, there, I found out there is a lot more to the story that I cannot wait to get into. Oh my God. Yes. It's a mess. Um, so Barnett, do we want to get into his blazer? Absolutely. I wrote down that it was definitely a choice. Uh, it's definitely him trying to be like, I'm fashionable, but it was like one of the most tacky things I've ever witnessed and not tacky in like a good way. It was like depressing tacky. It was like, did you get this from the Joan Rivers estate sale? Like, <laughs> where did that come from? Why was it printed and satin? Like, it, it didn't need to be both of those things. Like It if didn't need to like, be both. If you're going to do, like, a satin blazer, which I don't advise for someone like Barnett, 
uh, at least right. make it like a jewel tone, like a solid jewel tone or something like that. Like it doesn't also need to be like a hideous screen printed, weird digital floral, Flower. whatever. It was, very, very that was. it was hideous. And, it, yeah. and you know what? Him, much like uh, Michael, Connecticut wine Michael from 90 Day Fiance does not how, know how to pick out a shirt that fits him. Correct. But fortunately for Barnett, it's not because he can't let go of the fact that he's 20 pounds heavier than he was five minutes ago, like Michael. Like, right. Barnett works within a size, but he still can't fit himself. It's very strange. Yeah. Yeah. He looked, <sighs> at, and should we talk about Amber's look since they're together? Yes. It was, um, she's like, like full housewife mode with this look. The hair, the blonde hair is real choice. Like there's something about like, I don't really know. You're, you're a blonde. So maybe you can walk through me through this. Like, I understand that it's a process to get to the blonde. Yeah. But I don't think, I think she feels like this is a finished product and I don't feel like we've gotten there yet. I don't think it was a particularly good shade for her skin tone. No. I think that it looked very much like she was just like wearing a wig, like, in that it looked unnatural, like it looked like so, te like it should be temporary, like it didn't look, like it didn't fit with her, like she just looks good as a brunette. She it looks very good as a brunette, and she should really embrace that, like brown hair, brown eyes, like and actually being like stunning. Yeah, like I she think she's really like, doing herself a disservice. Yeah, like she was, she's like a natural beauty. She doesn't need to be like bleaching her hair to get back at Jessica like that's what it felt like it felt like she just did it to troll Jessica like I'm and she didn't even need to do that no she has Barnett she's married <laughs> to him I God. Uh, wow <laughs> so they go back to that that well actually I want to before we get into this too deep what are your feelings about the relationships how are you feeling about like the guys the girls like what is, what was your takeaway from the show well, I was immediately skeptical of Barnett from day one of the pods because I just felt like he thinks he's a lot funnier than he actually is. Yeah. And how sad that so many of the girls are like falling for it. I think the only girl who immediately called him out was uh, Lauren, who obviously is my favorite person on the show. She, she was the only person who was like, mm, yeah, no. And then when they actually saw each other face to face in Mexico, she was like, yep, you look exactly like I would expect you to look. And I laughed so hard out loud when she said that. She's, she's completely right, though. Like, there is a very specific, like, Barnett is a very specific breed of, like, Georgia Southern guy. That's yeah. like, you know him when you see him. You know exactly what you're getting with all of them. You're getting, like, a, a light drinking or substance abuse problem. Mm -hmm. He's definitely <laughs> going to cheat on you with some chick at some point. He's definitely going to play devil's advocate um, with you about some social justice issue. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. 
Shopify.com slash work. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, it's something that you wouldn't expect to. Yeah, like he's definitely going to be like, well, let's play devil's advocate here. And then he's going to say something like really bigoted that he has no idea is like really offensive. Right. <laughs> totally right like I just don't trust a Barnett I don't want he's not my type at all like I don't want to date him like I I tweeted when I first started watching the show like he is the type of guy that will Dutch oven you and think it's really funny you're so right you know like and obviously Amber was my least favorite of the girls on the show including Jessica including Jessica I actually dislike Amber more than Jessica because I just felt like just like from the moment she started talking, I was like, okay, so you're a pick me girl. Yes, you're right. She's very like, I'm one of the guys I can crush a beer and like sit around. But it's also like, I laugh in that way that like, I make sure that my tits are bouncing. And yeah. like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, There's just a lot of like, girls are jealous of me. They don't like me for whatever reason. But it's like, because he made out with half of our boyfriends, you know? Right. Like, we don't like you for very specific reasons, and it has nothing to do with the fact that you like pizza. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay. So, how are you feeling about Cameron? You know, are there any guys, like, guys that you would, in another world, be into? No. N- literally, none of these guys are my type, <laughs> however. <laughs> yeah, because I was thinking, like, I know who your boyfriend is, and I'm thinking, like, there's no way she would be into any of these dudes. Look, I need someone who's a little less clean cut, a little more interesting, a little more, like, I mean, look, and also, like, you, my boyfriend's a New Yorker, you're a New Yorker, it's a different vibe. Totally different vibe. You know, it's just, like, I don't know. I, I just feel like, okay like logically like Cameron seemed like the nicest most normal guy on the show but I would never date someone like him he's not my type and you're you're like a very California girl and I think it's like a real choice for a California girl to be like attracted to southern men it seems like a big choice for me to me yeah and I just don't I just I don't really know a lot about like like I'm not familiar with southern culture I don't have like family from the south like all my family is like from new york philadelphia and california like that's where my family is so it's like very like coastal it's just like urban it's just different so i mean that was the thing that also just like to pick like kind of like a little side note like something that you and liz mentioned on your episode about the show was that it was it would have been really helpful if we knew from day one that this was all taking place in atlanta Right. Yeah. It would have put a lot of perspective on the situation. Right. Actually, Atlanta is the one place I've been to in the South and I loved it. But I know that's people, like, people really like it. It was not for me, but I get it. It's, it's very cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So how did you feel about Mark? Okay. Mark, I felt bad for him because he was so, he seemed like so earnest. Like he was definitely a sweet summer child in some aspects, 
But right. then I heard, or I was reading on Reddit that he was not as innocent as he, as his edit would imply on TV. I heard rumblings, like I heard, I saw a screenshot of somebody looking like if you've heard, like I got some information on Mark, if you were somebody who's dated him, like please reach out to me, wow. like suggesting that there was something sinister going on with Mark. I also heard that like he was also engaged at this point, so I don't really know the truth, but what did you find out? I All I found out was like he's he got the angel edit and Jessica got the villain edit when in reality it was the other way around. There was no specifics. It was just like, I have it on, it was like someone on Reddit, like I have it on good authority that he's actually not as nice or innocent as he seems. And I guess I could kind of see that. Like if I were to go back and like rewatch the whole thing, I could pick out clues that would confirm that or at least like, you know, confirmation bias, whatever, if I was looking for that. Uh-huh. Um, I don't Is the username definitely not Jessica. <laughs> yeah, I mean like I look, I went I kept going back and forth. I mean, Jessica obviously I don't like her as a person. Like I would never hang out with her. I think she's really immature and I think but I did feel bad for her during the reunion because I do think she is truly humiliated. Like she does have a degree of self-awareness that some I mean, she should, all things considered. <laughs> yeah, like she was a fucking mess. Like uh, I guess I'll give her points for having more self-awareness than someone like Tanya on 90 Day Fiance, who has no self-awareness, who just thinks she's amazing, you know? Yeah, I mean, I would have, like, the mess in me would have loved if she was defensive about all of this, and she kind of was, and not defensive, but she wasn't maybe... I found that she was very much more apologetic towards Amber than she was towards Mark, and maybe that does is a testament to like how he was behaving behind the scenes. Right. But, um, I would have liked if she would have like, just, you know, gone full out, like, fuck all of you guys. Like, like you said, like been a mess, but at least like, like she could have apologized to Amber for whatever, you know? And obviously I think Amber was blowing that way out of proportion. Like calm down. You got married to him. Um, like get over it, dude. It's been two years or whatever it's been. It's been a year, like get over it. But I feel like I would have loved to see her actually be like, what you didn't see was that Mark was doing A, B, C, and D. Right. Like, tell the truth and shame the devil, you know? Yeah. And (laughs) I mean, and look, like, there were things that were really irritating me about Mark during the show, specifically that, like, he just was not taking Jessica at her word. It's like, this woman has shown you who she is, and you're not believing her, and you're not trusting that this is a woman who clearly is not into you she does not want to fuck you like she saw you when you came out of the pod and she was like I do not I'm not attracted to him like it was just so obvious yeah there's this girl there's a couple on the current season of Married at First Sight where the guy is like made it very clear to her that he was not and this is the same producers of the show that he was not attracted to her that he's not like at this point the couple should have been living in the house for like a couple weeks now. They should have, they've been married for like a few weeks. And so they get a house that they share. He refuses to move into the house. And it's just because he says like, I'm not physically attracted to her. And it's like, girl, you got to give this up. Like stop trying to convince somebody that you're worth being with. Like if they don't like you, then you got to just drop it. Just 
believe them, like you said. And, and, and I think it's sometimes like that stuff can be hard to watch because I feel like everyone's deluded themselves to a degree in a bad relationship they've been in in the past. So I feel like that's part of what makes these dating shows so compelling also is because we can relate to these moments of delusion when you're in a relationship with someone that is, you're just clearly not compatible with. Yeah, for sure. You know, and like where you're just like, maybe if I do this different, they'll, they'll be attracted to me or whatever, or they'll, I don't know, they'll propose to me. I don't know. It just like it, I think it's something, it seems arbitrary to you because it's you that you're, is like essentially the problem, I guess, if you want to say that, but it's also like, you got to just let that go and like not personalize it and stop trying to convince somebody that like, yeah, stop trying to convince them that this is going to be something that isn't going to be an issue because it clearly is like, right. Just letting you know, let it. And so a lot of the, one of the bigger stories that came out, like since the show has become a hit is this thing of uh, Jessica saying that basically she tried to leave the show right. and that she was kind of forced by production to stay. Yeah. Um, and she even mentioned that her dog had gotten sick probably because it was like going through alcohol withdrawals, not getting it fixed <laughs> like she usually does when she gets a little hit from mommy. Oh my God. Um, I could not believe it. It was like the one thing I regretted not talking about that dog drinking wine. She, you guys, you know what, Jessica is like, do you have to be every single cliche of like a white woman who's really into wine? <laughs> that was truly like a Christopher Guest level. Like, I can't believe what I'm watching. Like, you're just, it's so natural to you that you don't even recognize how ridiculous you're being right now. It is, it was like so embarrassing to watch. I was like, oh, oh my God. It's so humiliating. <laughs> Um, and just yeah. spring, like, she likes it. <laughs> yeah, she likes it. Uh, uh, Jessica, like, also irritated me just because, like, this is a woman who, like, on the outside, everything is so together. Like, she's financially stable. She has more money than I've ever made in my life. Like, you know, she, like, whatever. All of her, like, ducks are in a row, like, financially speaking, on the outside, whatever. But she's She seems so to be the girl who, like... He could have had it all but like wanted to be successful and now she's in a point in her life but then you see the real the reality of the situation yeah and like the reality for me is like that's like she's never gonna she feels like she's not enough on her own 100 percent. like her self-esteem is so low i think that's why like part of why her story was like so hard to watch is because it's like look you have all this going for you you're pretty you're like young you're successful and you fucking hate yourself and that was sort of the common thread amongst all of the women in a way is like they had varying degrees of them like pushing these men away because yeah. of their whatever fears that they had like all of them kind of challenged the men in different ways and put them in situations where it's like this is a stumbling block whether it's like Giannina oh. you know whatever because he doesn't fuck her right or right you know because Mark is too young or because Kelly isn't getting fucked right too like apparently <laughs> um right so I yeah. think no one was getting fucked right except for Amber and Barnett who were just having like wasted sex the whole time in Mexico and they were like into it <laughs> I mean so, look, yeah oh I don't know um, so they start kind of by playing this montage where we're reminded that Barnett was kind of like the player of the pod right 
and he had those three different women, Jessica, Elsie, and Amber. Um, and so whichever Lachey asks them, uh, you know, does he regret his, how he played the game basically. And he said that he didn't, but that maybe he would have like spoken differently um, or used different words. And I'm like remembering him being like, oh yeah, like he, he seemed to justify him saying to all the girls, I would marry you tomorrow as it was sort of like some challenge for them to see how they would react, which is like right. not what you do with a proposal. Yeah, <laughs> he couldn't have fucking done that. Like that's on him. He totally on him. He said the word I he said marry. He said he would marry them. It doesn't matter, like I mean, that's like if someone said that to me, if someone was like, I would marry you tomorrow, I'd be like, Oh, they would marry me tomorrow. Like, I'm gonna yeah. take you at your word. And then if I, I found out he said that to like two other women, I'd be like, Come on. Come on. Yeah, like I genuinely didn't disagree with Jessica being upset in that way because I can imagine like being in this sort of like being in the pods, probably like being in a summer camp where like all the emotions are so heightened and everything is so intense and like every feeling is so much more emotional than it would be if you were like living in your real life. Right. So all he's doing is projecting these fantasies of like, oh, we can do this, like we can do that in the future when we're married, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I can totally see how any of these girls would have like completely soaked that up. And that was really on him. Yeah, I mean, he just seems like the kind of guy who, when you first start dating him, it's all, like, this whirlwind romance, and he says all the right things, and he's so, like, just fucking over-the-top romantic and spontaneous, and it's really fun, but then when the rubber hits the road and you guys are actually in a relationship, it's like, oh, this is fucked. Yeah, like, he starts sleeping, you know, you guys are, like, basically, like, moved in together within the first week six weeks in he buys you a puppy mm -hmm. and then like you know everything's great and then like at the two-month mark then he's like you know leaving his poops in the toilet and literally like that's the kind of guy I really think he is <laughs> so right. I think he's a gross man I I mean we saw it with that condo oh yeah and okay should we talk about when Amber and Jessica went at it Please, yes. Okay. Um, so, yeah, they asked Amber how she felt about the whole situation. And basically, she said that she and Elsie, which was, like, the other girl who didn't really get a whole lot of attention, that she and Elsie, like, the girls were very close in the pods, and they were open about, like, the guys that they were interested in. But then when it got really intense and the girls were really starting to like people, that she and Elsie had made a pact to not discuss their dates with Barnett because they knew that they were both really into them. And then she like completely turns on Jessica and goes on about how like disrespectful Jessica had been in Mexico and after the fact, and she calls her shysty. It was, it was quite yeah. the scene. Jessica looked, first of all, I don't know why she wore that green dress. Oh my god, the like pistachio ice cream green, green. <laughs> with that horrible, horrible tan. Oh, she looked, she looked, I mean, she there's something about her makeup, I don't know what it is, or like you guys said, she needs to moisturize. I think that's what you said. Maybe that was another podcast. She I don't needs know. Water, she's like when SpongeBob doesn't have any water in him, and it's just like <laughs> it's very tight, it's very dry. Well, I, I mean. I don't know. I, she's, she looked, she looked worse for wear. 
I mean, a lot of people made comments about her looking older than 32, I think she is, but even older in the, in the reunion. She looked, yeah, she looked old. I mean, like, cause I'm turning 34 in like a month and I feel like I don't look as old as that. I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't want to get slammed for talking shit about her looks, but I definitely will say that her makeup, which is something she does have a choice over, was not good. Agreed. Oh, like, she's a beautiful girl. She just she, needs yeah. that. She, just put some Vaseline on one night and see what happens. That's all I'm suggesting. It's like I say the same thing to Angela on 90 Day. Like, just use a VO5 hot oil pack on your hair for once. <laughs> like, just moisturize it, please. Please, please. So, yeah, Amber, yeah, Amber, you're shysty as fuck or whatever she said. You're... You're fake. She said that's like such a reality show term is calling people fake. She is giving really big Trishel energy. She's giving like the hottest girl at the Juggalo concert energy. Like she's yeah. really giving me a thrill during this. But I feel like it, I I just wish that Jessica had matched her same energy. Same. But Jessica, Jessica was truly a defeated woman. She was like definitely hungover during this. She just did not have the energy. Okay. Not at all. And she Amber maybe even had half a zanny before, you know. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> or she had to probably forced herself. She's like, I'm not. I can't drink before this. I'm so embarrassed. I'm gonna take half a zanny and just take it and just take all the punches from Amber. And like, I feel like Amber was definitely probably hoping for like some pushback from Jessica so they could go at it more. But oh Jessica yeah. Was just like, okay, I'm sorry. Barnett wanted to crawl out of his skin. He was like rubbing his eyebrows like please get me out of here yeah so embarrassed by her behavior yeah I feel like like because Amber did mention in this and the reunion that she was like yeah we I was thinking about divorce and I just made me realize like they are probably at each other's wits end right now specifically like I feel like Barnett like Amber's personality has gotten really fucking tired at this point Mm mm-hmm and he's probably just like, oh my God, she's always in my ear. She's always talking. She's always fucking whatever. She's like, her accent that changes like every 10 seconds. Like, she's just like, Amber's the kind of girl who like is just not, she's just always like putting up a front. Like she can never just be like a real, like the, that's the irony is she called Jessica fake, but I would argue that Jessica for better or for worse, like, I'm not saying her personality's great, but it seems more real than Amber's personality, in my opinion. Well, she certainly got it more together than being like, well, I'm out of debt and homeless, or I'm completely in debt and homeless, so love you, like, I hope you're ready for all of this, <laughs> like, I think that, like, we kind of touched on this with, with Liz, that, like, Amber's kind of the same way as Barnett in that she's like very intense and exciting and the sex mm-hmm. is crazy in the beginning yep. and then like she's just yelling at you in the middle of a target for no reason the next thing you know and it, it's very it, it, I could tell that Barnett was really trying to like whitewash how their relationship has been since the show ended yeah but Amber let some tea fly she did she was like you know I literally almost considered getting a divorce. And I just was like, I, their fights, to be a fly on the wall during their fights, they probably get ugly. Like, she probably says some really fucked up shit. Oh, for sure. Like, I feel for like sure. she's a girl who punches below the belt during a fight. 
definitely like comments about his penis. Yep. Something like that. Speaking <laughs> of which, can we talk about Giannina? Please, yes. Giannina, also low-key, kind of one of my least favorite people on the show. She's very telenovela-esque, and I just don't understand, like, where does the CW audition end and where does Giannina begin? Like, what's the through line with that? It's like everything she says has to be, like, you're right, like, like a, a direct quote from a CW show, you know? It's like not everything you say has to be fake profound. Like, you can just have a conversation. The thing that turned me off from, like, Giannina was fine, whatever, I didn't care about her, but the, in the moment where I turned on her was on the boat in Mexico when Damien said, it's so nice to get away from everything and do yeah. reality. And she was like, what do you mean by that? Like, that is a demented thing to say. Like, and that she kept needling him about it. It was like, it was- Dancing it around in that like, she in official bathing suit. Like, you don't <laughs> understand what I'm saying. Like, what are you, what are you hiding from? What are you escaping from? Like, calm down, girl. Like, he just said it was, they were on vacation and it was nice. Like, not everything has a double meaning. Like, she's someone who's definitely looking- She's someone who's, like, really into numerology, probably. <laughs> yeah. And really, like, way too into astrology to a point where she makes all of her decisions on astrology, all of her decisions on numerology, all of her decisions on, like, he <laughs> leaves. Like, just, you know, like, she's someone who, who has to, like, go completely outside of, like, logic to make decisions. Totally. And so, okay. like, so, yeah, to her, like, to her, like, no one ever says anything at face value. Like, everything that everyone says to her has a double meaning. And, like, to that end, Damien is kind of, like, the perfect guy for her because he will, like, he stands up to her, but, like, you yeah. can also tell that he really loves how she behaves. Like, he's gonna take it. He's gonna put up with it. Be also, because he probably, that's probably the hottest girl he's ever dated. Let's be real. Right. It's so, yeah, it's interesting how, like, the girl's inner insecurities will cause them to push but like the guys on the show is like they just want to do everything to convince themselves that like they're the right guy for these women and yeah I think Damien really loves like I think he kind of likes to be cucked you know yeah he kind of does like to be cucked and and she's the perfect woman to do that for him like I mean look that was a really fucking unless they were like doing role playing like you don't tell someone you're allegedly in love with that you think they suck in bed like that is like mean like why don't you just take me why don't you just take me, <laughs> like, yeah, so take me. yeah she was really horny she was super horny i yeah i'm not a fan of giannina definitely not a fan of her when they show replayed the clip of her ripping up her wedding dress and doing that dramatic thing like, oh my god I mean, girl her wedding dress from wish like because <laughs> it's the only reason it was able to tear so easily <laughs> oh my god it was just like so sad the whole thing was i so don't even think they were doing adr on that like that dress rip like that was literally just how it sounded it was, yeah, it was a very <laughs> dramatic rip. <laughs> um, but she basically says that, like, and then I liked that they kind of spilled the tea. Like, she, she and Damien did, and Kelly and Kenny did, but admitting that they both had made decisions prior to, like, walking down the aisle about right. what their decision was going to be. So Giannini and Damien both said that they kind of, that well, Damien said that he knew that he was going to say no. 
yeah. and that he was kind of surprised that Giannina said yes, but they had decided that they were going to be together regardless of what was said at the aisle after the fact. Maybe she so, was mad because they, maybe they agreed to say yes for the cameras, but not actually go through with it or something, or both yeah. said no, and then she didn't say no, and she surprised him. And then that kind of explains, like, why her mother was like, you should have been the one that said no, and he should have said yes. Like, this is embarrassing. Yeah. Because she knew, like, they were going to be together anyway, but you're going to look stupid on TV. Right. And she um, did. And she, she fell did. in the woods, and it was hilarious. <laughs> that was high art. It really but was. They're basically, I mean, they're boring. They're still together. She's very happy. She apologizes to him for pushing and all of that but they're just very happy they Good are. for them. they are very happy <laughs> that's all I got from for them for this yeah um should we get do you want to do Kenny and Kelly or Diamond and Carlton I want to do Diamond and Carlton there's okay. a lot to unpack here Oof, there was a deep deep darkness with Carlton that was almost like unsettling from day one there from day one with him. he <sighs> I just knew as soon as he revealed that he was bisexual, like before he told Diamond, I was like, oh, this is not going to be good for the community, for the bisexual community. Like he's going to do, like they're going to play this for like him being, like they're either going to go with the he's a slut angle or he's really, they're waiting for the other shoe to drop. And like you and Liz, I think did a really good job talking about that. You touched on the nuances with his sexuality and stuff. Uh, I'm only speaking from like a bisexual standpoint. It was messy. And he is, has a lot of anger issues, clearly. Like, yeah. Maybe, maybe, how, yeah. yeah. How do you think would have been like the best way to, I mean, obviously you can't speak for every bisexual, but like right. what would have possibly been a better way for him to approach that situation? I mean, I really feel like it's tough because, you know, he's a bisexual man and bisexual men get treated so differently than bisexual women do. Like That's, yeah. the old cliche of like bisexual men are actually gay and bisexual women are fa are faking it. They're actually straight. Right. So, and like, you know, I know plenty of bisexual men who have been in relationships with men and women. They're very valid, you know, just as mm -hmm. the bisexual women are. I think that I personally would think that that's something that I would have brought up in the pods that that was mm -hmm. your sexuality. That's a big part of you. If you're talking about your childhood trauma in the pods, why would you also not mention, Oh, by the way, I'm bisexual. Right. But I also have empathy for him and him being afraid because of the stigma. Right. You know, and obviously judging by diamonds reaction to it. Like I understand that he was a, why he would, be afraid like he like he got had the worst case scenario happen however that does not excuse him from the things he said <laughs> to diamond right. and how he treated diamond uh regardless of whether or not it was fantastic reality tv at the pool mm -hmm. but, <laughs> but the ring <laughs> i mean the ring when he i mean and even before that like the nighttime pool conversation when he first told her and he was like fuck and threw the hat and that was like very dramatic and I think that's like what really freaked her out is like yeah him screaming and flailing and stuff like that would weird me out because it's like what is behind that well and it didn't even start out with that it started out with him oh my god there's like a huge plane flying over my house for some reason okay, <laughs> um 
what really started, how it started out was as soon as they got to Mexico, he went cold on her. Mm-hmm. And she was walking on eggshells around him and like, oh my God, what's going on? Is he not into me anymore? And I totally got where she was coming from in that situation because, you know, I feel like I've been in a situation where you're dating someone, everything's fine. And then the next minute it's like, everything is different. And you're like, what did I do? What happened? And it's a horrible feeling. And I, yeah. And I sympathize with how she probably felt and she was probably scared and heartbroken. Like, why is he turned off by me now? Why is he not talking to me now? Why is he ignoring me? And he was being a little fucking baby. Like he really was. He was treating her like absolute garbage by not, by just like ignoring her and giving her like the cold shoulder as soon as they got to Mexico, everyone else is having a great time. And he's like being rude to her and saying rude shit to her to push her away without having to be accountable. And yeah, you're right. And so it's even more jarring to see him in the present day, how he talks about like, the first thing he said was that the engagement was still the happiest day of his life and that he's actively trying to do other things to top that so that he can move forward. The, The way that he seems to still feel about Diamond is very strange, all things considered. Yeah, I think Carlton, like he said, he said it himself, Carlton is working on Carlton. I don't know that that's true necessarily, but Carlton needs to work on Carlton. He really, really does. He said that he's received death threats and Diamond said that she has too, and that people have been really unkind to both of them on social media. Um, And that, you know, I appreciated him saying like, I want to end the stigma that like being bisexual means that you're just like out there looking for anybody at all times. And like, you just can't possibly be faithful because you're attracted to both sexes. Yeah. Um, And that he never thought that Diamond was homophobic herself. He just thought that there would be obstacles between them that they would have to deal with. Right. And those are all fair, valid feelings. And what he said, I'm glad he said that he's like, I want to end that stigma, whatever. Mm -hmm. Although, like, his sexuality has nothing to do with the fact that he was a dick to her. Yeah, I mean, there was nothing in what she said that was worth calling her a bitch. Like, yeah, or talking about her wig. Like, <laughs> like I mean, again, it was really great reality TV, but, like, he said some really hurtful shit to her, and he was just hurtful to her the entire time in Mexico. Like, he wasn't nice to her once that whole trip. At all. Like, it was very... I wish that they had people had talked more about that, like you said, that first dinner conversation, like, even before he came out, like, he was being very weird, and, like, it was very standoffish, like, I wouldn't have been into that either, like, I I don't think he really, I don't think Carlton has, like, a perspective on how he set the mood leading up to that, and why that may have pushed her away more than, like, what the actual information was. Right, because by that point, by the time he came out to her, she was already cagey around him. She was already walking on eggshells. She was already Mm -hmm. feeling threat, like their relationship was threatened. So, you know, and then his reaction to when he told her and she was blindsided and he screams, he says, fuck, and throws the hat. It's like, whoa, this is a guy who can't act like an adult when we're having hard conversations he's going to throw a temper tantrum when we're having the tough conversations i'll be like i need to take a step back here 
Yeah, because for me, like, if he had done that, it didn't really, it wouldn't have even mattered what he said. Like, his reaction to it would have turned me completely off. Yeah, it was, like, more about his temperament than his sexuality to me. And obviously, and he's, like, clearly, we see, he's a dramatic guy. Like, he got down on one knee to apologize to her and gave her a friendship ring. Like, he was Jesse from 90 Day Fiance. Like, it was weird. (laughs) But had her put it back on the engagement finger, which was very, very strange. It was manipulative. Yes. He's coming in, his basic vibe was, like, real, like, depressed. Like, he's really been going through it. And, like, this has been, like, a really bad issue for him. Um, Vanessa asked him what they would have done differently. Diamond basically just says that she she had been a little bit softer with him. And Carlton says that he wished he hadn't been so defensive and, uh, you know, and then said he, he started crying and said that he would have done anything to still be married to Diamond and that he wished that they were still together. Um, I never felt like they had a lot of chemistry to begin with. Like, no. No. I, even when they were trying to present this as like, you know, even during the happy times, if you want to call it, of the engagement and them courting, like, I still nothing about their relationship ever felt good to me, even when they were trying to make it seem good. He's someone who is really desperate for love. He wants to feel loved. And he was projecting all of these fantasies onto her when Diamond is just a human being. She's just a person. She's not Mm going to save him. And he was looking for someone, this woman, to nurture him and to save him from himself because he is clearly someone who needs to learn self-love. Totally, totally, totally. And I thought it was like, like you said, really manipulative of him because Diamond said like, they're basically kind of asking like, is there a hope or a chance that you guys can like reconcile at all? And like, Diamond's like, I just can't get over how disrespectful he was towards me and the things that he said. And then he gets down on one knee and is like, all like contrite or whatever. And you know, yeah. like, I wish we could start over. And she, I just felt like she felt really trapped and was like, I'm just going to do this. Exactly. Because what is she going to do? And what is she supposed to do in that situation? He did that so that she would have no choice but to accept his apology. Like, like what would she, what else could she have done? Because it was very, I didn't like that at all. It didn't no. sit well with me. Yeah, it was a manipulation tactic. That being said, I don't think either of them should be getting death threats because no don't send death threats to people and also they're i don't think either of them i don't think carlton's a monster i just think he's really a broken person and he needs to heal and he needs like he said carlton needs to work on carlton he needs to like practice some self-care and self-care means getting out of his own way and learning how to love other people in a healthy way and that doesn't mean like get into a relationship that means like learn how to be a good friend, learn how to be a good son, learn how to be like all of these things like he needs to learn how to do. You're hundred percent right. And to wrap up their story, um, there was a story that was both on uh, TMZ and page six that Carlton, there was a 911 call placed at his home. Um, he did like a cry for help over social media. Um, basically, what happened was that somebody at his house called 911 for a non-life-threatening injury hours into the social media post, and he was transported to the hospital. Yeah. So the post says, um, thanks for the three of y'all who supported me in this. I feel alone, and I don't want any of this life anymore. I'm fighting alone, and it hurts. And then there's a post that says, 
I'm really done. Thank you for the press request, booking, etc. I'm not doing any press or bookings as of today's radio interview. Urban media has been the worst to me. Black Lives Matter until it's an LGBT Black life. And also the so-called, quote, celebrity friends on social media have had every opportunity to defend my character, yet they don't. I've argued for tons of people. Y'all see any of those people speaking up for me, I'm done. I'm assuming he's referring to having been on The Real Housewives of Atlanta. And oh my he, God, was he? Yeah, he was um, one of Cynthia Bailey's assistants oh. like a few years ago, and he got into a fight at the Bailey Agency with Kenya they were doing like a casting for something and yeah. Kenya got into it for some reason but I'm assuming he's referring to those people I know that he's like kind of known in Atlanta in the way that those like assistant stylists right whatever the fucks are in Atlanta everybody's got seven titles um and I do listen to this podcast called the friend zone and a couple of those people the hosts know him personally and say that he's like actually a really nice guy and that they feel really bad about like how this is all going on. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it seems like he's really, really going through it. And yeah, I agree. I mean, I, like I said, I have empathy for him and I do, I don't think he should be getting death threats. I think he should be getting some kind of help. And I feel like he's not a bad person. I don't think Carlton's a bad person. I don't think he's like malicious. I think he just doesn't know how to express his emotions in a healthy way and also have to factor in the fact that they were <laughs> given a lot of alcohol in this show too. And like, mm -hmm. that's also absolutely a component to how people behave on dating reality shows is they're just plied with so much alcohol. I think his worst moments were broadcast to the entire world. And, um, I don't think he's a bad person. I just think he like said some really hurtful things to diamond and acted like an asshole. Yeah, and I wish he had people in his life to tell him the truth, which is that, like, like, I mean, I can't imagine what it's like hearing, well, I can to a certain extent, but, like, not on the extent of being on a hit show and everybody having all these opinions about you, especially when you were, like, arguably the villain of the show, if you want to say that, but I... I can ima I can understand him, like, feeling bad about the backlash that he's received, but I wish that, like, I don't know, it seems like maybe he's right. Like, I wish that maybe Kenya Moore or, or Cynthia would reach out to him and say, hey, we're on reality shows too. Like, don't take all of this so personally. Like, Right. And some people just aren't built for reality TV in that way, where it's like, they yeah. aren't, and that's fine. And like, that's, you know, that's totally normal that like, you don't want to be judged by the entire world for the edited content that reality TV producers put out there, you know? Totally. And like I tweeted while I was watching the show, like I could never do reality TV because I know I'm just one day of being hungry away from getting <laughs> the villain edit. You know, that, that's all it would take for me is like, I consider myself a pretty clear headed, like I don't even drink, like whatever, like I could, you know, but like all they would need to do is catch me in like one moment of like hunger of being hangry. Cause that does happen to me. Like, and it would be over for me. It would be fucking right. over. You'd be out there yelling Beyonce lyrics at whoever <laughs> deserves it too. <laughs> right. Uh, um, so let's move on to Kenny and Kelly. Um, 
they ask the status and Kenny gets into some weird speech about like how he feels like he was on the show for a reason and it got like really Friday not Friday night lights and he was like you know I'm, I was here to impact others and, and like to move past their fears and their doubts and like you can yeah. do anything like Kenny what are you talking about? It's not that deep Kenny it is not that deep you weren't even on the show that you barely had more screen time than Nick and Vanessa. So I, let's chill out, boy. I got him confused with Damien all the time because they were like interchangeable to me looks wise. And I, I mean, he, he had no personality. There was nothing about like, and people repeatedly said on Twitter during while people were watching the show, like who gives a fuck about Kelly and Kenny? Nobody gave, gave a fuck about either of them. They were the annoying couple that like, was happy. There was no drama. There was no compelling storyline with them. I guess they tried to push something that like they weren't fucking each other, but it, but it was more played off like for a while that it was because of like religious reasons. So yeah, they didn't really like directly address the sexual issue. And I wish they had, because it seems like a lot of things have come out, whether Kenny had this no sex pact or, you know, Kelly's never had an orgasm but now she's not attracted to him and she was so attracted to her, this other guy but like if he hadn't make you made you come then like why are you so infatuated with him like why is he the measure to which you should be measuring Kenny like you guys what? haven't even had sex yet why didn't they explore that more as I feel like that is they dropped the ball on that because that is a compelling storyline like I I wanted to see more of like what happens when you match up with someone's personality in a pod perfectly or whatever, but physically it's just not there. Like that's interesting to me. Yeah. And I, I wish they had, because, you know, they're objectively, no, they're not going to have, like, I, I read this whole article and you, we've both mentioned this about how there weren't like people who were be genuinely considered ugly. Like, you might not be attracted to everybody on the cast but there's no like nobody was like you know like quasimodo out here you know Um, or someone who's not conventionally like a a standard of beauty right and some like even if he was like five seven the guy was still cute you know right Um, so uh, kelly's hair is too long first of all yeah i agree and she it seems like she had gone through it more too kind of in the same way as Carlton like there was a deep sadness to her she said that she's like switched careers several times and like she said that she's dated some guy that she grew up with and actually went to the wedding wedding. yeah but it sounds like they weren't together anymore so I don't know um but and she also admits that she and Kenny agreed to say I don't uh, prior to walking down the aisle. Right. So it, she seems to like really be regretful of how things ended and that she thought that they might date after the show and that she's like used to friend zoning the nice guys in her life. And like, maybe she should learn more about that. So I, I read an article, I think it was people that shed more light on what happened because Kelly was like kind of emotional and Kenny seemed like pretty, like he says he's in a relationship and he's really happy now, but like there was something very weird between them. So apparently what happened is that, like I said, they both plan on saying I don't at the altar, but they had agreed to plan on dating after the experiment, kind of like Damien and Giannina. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so then Kelly says that like Kenny completely ghosted her after that and that she was like trying to make it work and he told her like pretty much immediately after the wedding that like he wasn't emotionally available right now um and then so like weeks have gone by she hadn't heard from him she writes him a handwritten letter basically like going off about how like she loved him and how she wanted to like keep this going and she wanted to get to know him better and he never wrote her back that is brutal very brutal so then she says a few months later she wrote him another letter girl (laughs) this is where i was like oh sweetie yeah you don't be admitting this um so god listen so she wrote the second letter to apologize for the first letter and how intensely she got off oh no first one first of all why is she writing letters if if you don't receive a letter back after you send a letter stop sending letters and like that is somehow even more humiliating than sending a text and being left on read yeah like and then don't ever come back at any point don't even come back five minutes later and apologize for what you said because you're only going to sound crazier you know (laughs) yeah and yeah I could not believe that she wrote him again apologizing like oh I'm sorry maybe that letter was too much and maybe it turned you off and blah 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 all the things guys really love to hear like oh they love it so sorry for being intense and like you know (laughs) really love that yeah um so yeah the basically he is not spoke he was like once he was done he was done once the cameras were down he was totally done with her and she was pining after him for a long time but like nothing ever came of it I mean, but it sounds like she's the one who fumbled. Like, she's the one who they could have had a relationship that was not a marriage after the show ended, but she decided there were better things, better prospects out there for her. Yeah. And once she realized that that wasn't the case, then she comes crawling back to Kenny and he's like, I've moved on. He literally said, I have the best girlfriend. And the look on her face Mm -hmm. when he said that was like, she knew she fucked up. Yep like knives in her heart um he said that like I think they asked him for a quote and he said that basically like it kind of sounded like the intensity of the the experiment was like a lot and like once he kind of like put his took his blinders off he was like I'm, I'm not gonna do this yeah. um but I it's I could not I was cringing that whole time I was reading that article like girl you did not write him two letters please bad oh it's so bad it's so uh, bad it makes me feel so well adjusted sometimes when I hear these these things I'm like oh, right I'm really, I'm really glad I got that crazy out of my system when I was in my early 20s like it makes me grateful for that um really. you yeah. know because like I yeah and part of the reason it makes me cringe so hard is because it's like yeah when I was in my early 20s or teens or whatever like I made some really uh, interesting decisions in regards to like how to operate in, in a relationship that I'm profoundly embarrassed by now. Of course. You know? Same. (laughs) Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I don't have anything else to say about the couples, but I do just want to make a comment on the show as a whole Mm -hmm. and more specifically to the reunion. Again, I feel like they need to, if they're like, they need to ask more hard hitting questions, A and B, they need to ask more questions that I feel like the audience, at least I do want answered. Like, what is it like to transition to like living with the person and like, what did someone's personality change? Were they putting up a front in the pod? Like, did they, did you find out they were lying about something or putting on their best behavior? And like, also like Vanessa Manillo, I still call her Vanessa Manillo. Me me too. (laughs) Can't help it. Like I, it's, she just wants to ask, is love is blind all the time. It's like, stop saying it. Stop saying the name of the show. And that was like the final question. She's like, is love truly blind? And everybody raise your hands. And it's like, no, I disagree. It's not (laughs) like, yes, you can fall in love with someone's personality, but that's also, it's like also combined with how you watch somebody interact with the world. Like, yes, you can fall in love with someone that you would not be necessarily physically attracted to if you were just swiping through Tinder or whatever, but that mm-hmm. also has to do with you become physically attracted to them because you watch how they interact in the world and because you see their personality in a real life setting. Right. So to, to add to your point, like they, I want to, like Amber was the only one who kind of got real and sort of tried to pull back the curtain about what life was like and like the realities of yes. what life had been like. So she said something that was kind of confusing, but I got the impression that like, like you said before, they almost broke up at one point. Um, and she said it was because their expectations of each other were like too high that they kind of had to like lower their expectations. And once that happened, like things ended up getting better. But she also mentioned like that she started working as a cocktail waitress and that Barnett had some sort of issue with it. And then she had to quit and how like awkward it was for her to be completely financially dependent on him. So like, I want to know what happened with that. Well, that was such a weird statement that she was making because she was like I've never had to be dependent on anyone and it was like girl you were talking about how you were like the most financially irresponsible person on the right. show. <laughs> like you are not you're not Jessica who has all of her shit together in terms of finances like what are you talking about she was like I've always been very financially independent it's like you have seven hundred dollars of Sephora debt like right. <laughs> what are you talking about like you'd like as if and she barely works too. Like she straight up said she doesn't like to work. She yeah. Whenever she feels like it, she just does. 
And like, whatever, there's nothing wrong with that. But that was something that clearly irked Barnett that she wasn't like a quote unquote hard worker like he was or her her life goal wasn't like, she just wants to have fun. Like that's not her main <clears throat> goal in life is to like be like working. She wants to party until she accidentally gets pregnant and then wants to be a stay-at-home mom. Absolutely. Like she is like, she, she wants to parlay this into being a mommy blogger or some kind of blogger. Like she wants a, a deal with fit tea or whatever. <laughs> like that's that's, totally right. like that's where she wants to go. And I feel like she has enough arrogance that she thinks she'll be able to make a living on that for the rest of her life and that she'll never have to get a quote unquote regular job. Um, I, I just, I don't know, but it was weird that like, Barnett allegedly made her quit her job I bet he got jealous I bet he's like got jealous of her you know being a cocktail waitress yeah and I mean she also mentioned like more jealousy and saying that like they had to kind of uh, like change how they partied and like that they had to that it was a big adjustment for them to go from like single to suddenly married and like being in social situations and not handling that well and like things adjustments had to be made behind the scenes so I would like to know like who Barnett felt up at a kegger oh god he absolutely felt somebody up you're right he ab she she absolutely found like that he hadn't deleted tinder on his phone totally and she seems like a snooper I bet she's a snooper yeah she definitely is like got saw the notification that somebody had super liked him on tinder and she was like oh she threw his phone like she got the hammer yep yep that <laughs> she slashed his tire yeah, yeah. slashes tire like she went uh carry underwood on him <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah and so i <sighs> I don't know, but I, again, I would have liked to see in the reunion, like, if we got, like, a little brief, like, glimpse into what, like, the past year since then, like, what everyone's been up to, like, an update. Yes, so I think, yes, (laughs) um, I, I think we might get that with Cameron and Lauren, because Lauren's that, like, content creator, so they announced that they're they launched a YouTube channel called Hanging oh. with the Hamiltons. Oh my God. <laughs> so, and I read, I read an interview where basically Lauren had kind of alluded to them showing what their life has been like, like, and how hard it had been to like not post about their lives for the past year and a half and like how they plan on like rolling that out. So I'm guessing we're going to be getting like what their life has been like since then. On I mean, this YouTube channel. And to me, that's the couple I could care less about how their life's been because I know it's great. Yeah, you're, you're totally right. It's like, I love that for you guys. If you want to get a show on, you know, CMT or something or Lifetime, right. Right. like love that for you. I'm not going to be watching, but I know no. that there's an audience for that. Like, yeah. And I hope you know what? And they deserve to make money off of this. They deserve to, you know, get opportunities from this. I support them as a couple, a hundred percent. I think Cameron's a good guy. I think she's a good woman and she's beautiful and, you know, her family loves her and his family loves him and whatever. They're like, perfect. It's great. We love them. I'm just truly perfect. They're like a banana Republic ad. They have their perfect little dog and it's like, just lovely, just lovely interracial 
beautiful people together. Love that for them. I love that. I love that for them. I hope they make money off of this. It's great. But am I going to watch them? Like, are they Darcy and Tom? No. Like, it's not compelling to, for no. me to follow up on them. <laughs> That's the luck, though. Uh, that is very true. Um, the only, the last thing that I wanted to mention is that if anybody wants the wine that they drink, um, it is a $16, $17 bottle of Joel Glotland 815 Cabernet Sauvignon from 2017. If anybody. Wow, Kara. I did the deep dive. You did the deep dive on this. I'm impressed. I meant to look up where they got those, like, their stem, not their stem, their, like, glasses. Oh, my God, the huge, the biggest (laughs) fucking wine goblets I've ever seen in my life. The medieval times glasses. Um, Yeah, but I couldn't get any information on that. So if anybody knows, let me know. Um, Is there, did you have any final thoughts? Would you be excited to tune in for season two? Do you think that this exists great on its own? What do you think? Um, I'm excited for season two, but only because it's not that it's my favorite reality show. Cause I mean, I watch a lot of re- reality TV, so I have like a pretty high standard for what I'm into, but I think it is absolutely great television to half watch and be scrolling on Twitter or playing a game on my phone. I agree. My, my nerve is that like now that people know how this thing is going and I, I touched on this again with Liz is that I wish they had done like another one or two seasons before the first one came out so people like didn't know what they were getting themselves into like I think now that people understand the premise it might be have a different feel to it right 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 yeah I mean it's it's yeah I don't know and I mean I will definitely watch season two I'm not it's not like oh my god it needs to come out now. It needs to come out now. Like I have other stuff, like whatever. And TLC is my network. Like that's my network for reality TV. Like I, I'm loyal to TLC. Um, I mean, if Mercy wasn't on TV, I might be more committed. But now that she's back, like, yeah. you know, priorities. Priorities. I'm so glad Darcy's back. I, oh. <sighs> like I said before, like, like I said before, I love that you understand why Darcy is amazing. She's everything. Like, when people hate on her, I feel very defensive. She gives it it to you every ball. I don't know why people would complain about Darcy. She's incredible. She's got someone who knows how to do reality TV. Absolutely. She's she's both, like, completely aware and completely unaware in every way that you need her to be. And it's perfect. Right. And I honestly feel like, like that's someone I'd want to hang out with. Like that's someone who you would have a night with. You would never forget either. It would be a complete shit show and a fucking mess, or it would be the most fun you've ever had in your life, but it would be memorable. I would love to see just how she operates from the day to day. I am really like lighting a candle that Aniko and Aspen become the new Gigi and Bella Hadid in the next few yes. years. I would yes. love that. I I want that for them. They deserve that. We we deserve that. We, yeah, we as a country, you and me, Kara, we deserve that. <laughs> um, so where can everybody find you, Rachel? Well, you can find me at my true crime podcast, Hollywood Crime Scene, or you can find me at my 90 Day Fiance Recap Podcast, 90 Day Slumber Party. I'm on Twitter at the Rachel Fisher and Instagram as Childlike Empress, which is a never-ending story reference. 
<laughs> um, I would like to say, just put that on record that you guys are my favorite 90 Day Fiance podcast, not oh the third favorite. My Thank absolute you. favorite, hands down. Thank so, you so everybody much. check that out. <laughs> Yay. Well, I yeah, I mentioned this on the show or on Hollywood Crime Scene um, this week, and I'll promote the episode again. Uh, like, I'm, I'm going to mention again that I'm on this episode. So, like, I hope awesome. our listeners know how awesome you are. I oh, love Well, show. thank you. I yeah, really appreciate I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. You have a beautiful day. We'll talk thank soon. You. you too. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Once again, I want to thank you guys so much for listening. All the new listeners, I hope you guys stick around. That was awesome. You guys have showed out and been super supportive. So thank you so much. Um, I will be back later in the week, hopefully with a, definitely with a 90 day fiance recap, but hopefully I will also be, excuse me, recapping love after lockup from last week. And I wanted to ask you guys, I am really into RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, would you guys like me to recap that more? I don't think that I'll be doing it every week. We'll see how the season goes, but I'm, I'm very hopeful about the season. I think that the girls are really strong. So I do want to talk about that. Um, so yeah, let me know if you guys are like really watching that and really invested or not. Cause if you're not, then I'm not going to waste your time. So anyway, y'all have a great week. If you have not given me a five star review yet, please take the time to do so. And thank you in advance. Thank y'all for listening. Thank me for speaking. I love you guys so much. Have a great week. Bye.